1: If I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today.
0: Joey, you will get to this moment very, very soon. I leave this afternoon to head down to my college town with my oldest daughter to watch a basketball game, which is not unusual, but what we're doing tomorrow is we're literally touring a college campus for her, because she's a junior in high school. So the thought of college is, has now hit me and it makes me think of the fact that time as we know is so finite. It is, Moving at such a rapid pace. And today's podcast just almost makes me emotional, even thinking of that.
1: No doubt. I mean, I'm hoping that as you're taking your daughter down there, that you're going to say, Hey, uh listen into this podcast because uh, I want you to think like this guy. <laughs> Don't think well, you like would, I was in
0: college. <laughs> well, you would hope, right? I mean, it is, it clearly this interview today will is going to pull at your heartstrings a little bit right there's there was just things that happened early in his life that that shaped the way that he thinks but also at the same time it it really creates and demands action if yeah. if you're if you're wondering how much more time can i spend working in my job how much more time could i have with my family if i was not working in this business this podcast will motivate you and give you some action steps, I believe. Yeah, no doubt. I think Chris
1: um, lays out for you kind of the framework to think. And I love that he said, you have to first think like an investor. Mm. If you're not thinking like an investor, then it doesn't uh, afford you the ability to do, he kind of laid out one, make more income, keep more of your income, and then make it passive. And those steps, I mean, they're very, very similar to what we talk about in our process, our GPS process. And by the way, if you haven't already taken the first step in that, you can join us at the passport. So uh, this course will help you get that goal in mind and get started. So go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport and get started on that. But man, so much wisdom. That Chris lays out for you and then how his journey has then led him to financial freedom and and then subsequently helping other people to join him on the same journey. So it's super, super exciting to have somebody like him to join us and in our passive income mastermind and now on the
0: show. I think that there's lots of Interesting points in here, and you and I have talked about this several times on the show, that the first place that you should invest is in yourself. He talked about reading 250 books while in college, and I, I still probably haven't read 250 books, right? Like yeah. I feel like I'm constantly ordering a new book on Audible, reading or listening to the first 15 minutes, and then buying a new one, <laughs> so maybe I've started 250 books <laughs> I don't feel like I have probably finished 250 books, but there's, he, he basically, he, he laid out the, the framework to becoming a better investor, equipping himself, understanding more about what he was investing in, which I can tell you, he was doing that at age 21, 22, 23. People right now are 30, 40, 50 years old investing in stuff. They have no idea what it, what they're doing, right? They're That's just right. trusting and hoping in the world. And he lays out in this podcast that how when you understand what you're doing, not only can you increase return, but you can also minimize risk, which that has been the success path for so many people that are truly wealthy, who are truly financially free. And I know that if you will follow that model, if you will invest in yourself, take Joey up on the wealthwatwallstreet.com wealth, wealth, forward slash passport idea, just so that you can get a clear vision. So then you can start investing in yourself. You can find out who you are as an investor So then the opportunities are revealed to you, right? Like when you match who you are with opportunities that exist and education, that is a powerful duo, trio, whatever that is. So Joey, (laughs) let's don't steal any more from Chris's interview. We're interviewing Chris Larson from Next Level Income. Let's jump in right now. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast.
1: Welcome into the show, guys. We have an esteemed guest, personal friend, member of our passive income mastermind himself, Mr. Chris Larson
0: in the house. Chris, so glad to have you, brother. Joey Russ, it's great to be here, my friends. I, I know this conversation is going to be a lot of fun, as already has been. Uh, we probably should have pressed record 15 minutes ago. <laughs> so uh, if if you haven't already had a chance to look Chris up, uh, listen to his podcast, Follow some of the deals that he's putting out there. You need to. But Chris, obviously, your your history goes back before you got into the real estate game. You were
2: in the medical device industry.
0: Talk a little bit about what led you to where you are today.
2: Yeah, gentlemen. So I'll try, I'll try to restrain myself too, since we're being recorded and this is going to be preserved in in public media. So I'll be on my, I promise I'll be on my best behavior. I promise my wife here. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I spent, I spent 18 years in medical device field and I will tell you, um, the only thing less appropriate than hanging out with you guys is hanging out in the OR with surgeons. It is, it is an interesting environment. So that probably is what prepared me for, uh, for, for fun times. But, um, yeah. So I was, I was in college and a lot of people say that know me from the medical device field say, Hey, Chris, when did you start investing in real estate? Cause I left the field. People heard my story. They're like, how did you do that? You have money coming in from real estate. And they're like, well, when did you start that? And I tell them, I, I, started as a real estate investor in college and I went and found a job that would pay me enough so that I could continue to invest. So I was an investor before I went out and and found a W2 job. And that's really the advice I give to young people now is, you know, think like an investor first. That's what I talk about in my book, which I'm happy to share with you if you're listening today. Um, I was in college, bought my first property, at age 21, little $90,000, three bedroom townhouse, rented out two rooms. They call it a house hack. These days, right? And then I bought the place next door, so now I had six units right next to each other. So that was like my kind of like my first mini little multifamily deal. Had five of the places rented out, five of the rooms renting out to students. Um, so I was not only was I living for free, I was making money every month. And before that, I was trading the stock market. But as, as you guys know, the stock market is very unpredictable. And I was laying there in bed one night at 3 a.m. I was thinking about like the trades and I couldn't sleep and I was stressed out and I got up and I drank like a, you know, like a monster drink or something like that. So I can go for a bike ride and I'm like, I'm like, this, this is not good. I'm 20, you know, 20, 21, 22 years old. I'm like, if I'm 40 years old, do I really want to be laying in bed at 3 a.m. not being able to sleep? And, you know, that's when you used to hear the expression like you can eat well or you can sleep well with investments. And I'm here to say that's that's BS. With real estate, with proper passive income strategies and proper investments, you can eat well and you can sleep well. So I started at 21, got into the medical device industry uh, shortly thereafter. And I spent I spent 18 years in there. Um, I didn't have to spend that long. The last few years we had enough income coming in from our other investments. But um, what was great was I was able to continue to do it as long as it was exciting and enjoyable. And when it made more sense for me to to step aside, I was able to do it um, on my own terms. And now I get to share different strategies and education on how to achieve financial independence. All right. So let
1: me let me respond to that real quick, Chris. So number one. Uh, please don't cuss on our show anymore. Okay, I will let Never. you have a slide with the first couple of times you mentioned the stock market, but beyond <laughs> that, no more no more profanity. Uh, but secondly, you left out a really important thing. You're in college and you're immediately starting to think about investing. Like that doesn't happen on accident. I mean, on, on purpose, excuse me. No, it doesn't happen on accident. It had to have something that led to that. What was it in your life that kind of made you wake up to
2: the idea that you should be an investor? Yeah. So, um, and again, I, I, like I said, um, I really, I really dive into this in my book. I lost my father at age five and I know we've talked about that. You know, I'm very passionate about life insurance and you know, what it can do for families. Um, and that was, that was a, that was a big deal. Cause I think at the back of my head, I had this, this, uh, information this knowledge that life is finite. And I tell people like I'm I think like an engineer, I'm an analytical guy and as a mathematician, you know, you you think in equations and and different things. And if time, if the value of each day is is that day divided by the amount of days you have left. If you think you're going to live forever, that number is very small. Does that make sense? As soon as that number that denominator on the bottom that you divide that that time and that one day by goes down, just by a little bit, that number gets infin- infinitely bigger, you know. And so I think in the back of my head, I had this knowledge that time was finite, the value of my days were finite. But as you alluded to, Joey, I'm in between my freshman sophomore years in college. I'm racing my bike. I didn't want to be an engineer. I was in school for engineering, but I wanted to be a professional cyclist. And uh, June 21st, 1997, my best friend, my training partner, my college roommate, Chris Strader, died. Had a massive brain hemorrhage. Passed away go in the hospital, identify his body, and went back to school, race for another year. I did really well because all I did was ride my bike. I put all my heart arm, all my soul. It was my therapy into riding my bike. And a year later I realized I'm not happy. It was like, this is silly. I'm riding my bike around, you know, 20, 30 hours a week. There's more to life than this. And I decided I wanted to live with no regrets. I wanted to live life to the fullest. And I quit racing my bike. And now I'm back in school. I don't want to be an engineer. And I knew that to live life to the fullest, you had, you had to have financial independence. And I was fortunate that I had a family friend, the same one that introduced me to cycling. He gave me a Money magazine on investing, and it talked about you know compound interest. And I won't talk about how they discussed it in Money magazine because I promise not to cuss anymore here, Joey. But um, but the, the strategy was compound interest. It was like, or the uh, the concept was compound interest. And that's really when my brain turned on and said, okay. I can be an investor, I can put my money to work, I can have you know, true financial independence, which means I can really live life on my own terms. And ultimately I can honor the life that Chris didn't have anymore and I can also honor each day that I was given.
0: Wow, I mean you're, you're having to process a lot at that point and obviously that had dramatic impacts in the way that you did things. I, I have a very simple question because that's the way I think. Where in the world did you get the credit to buy two different properties? I couldn't get the money to buy a stinking $800 TV.
2: How in the world did you get the financing for this? So I was, I I think, you know, both a little, little bit of nurture, a little bit of nature. My, my father, who I mentioned passed away when I was young, he was an entrepreneur. He was a salesperson and I come home from college and I have a book in my hand and my, my, Uh, mom would say, your father read that book. Like, I I think the first one I came home with was like a Zig Ziglar book. And she's like, you're just like your father, you know? Um, So I probably had a little bit of entrepreneur in me. And when I was young, I had a lawn care business. I sold newspapers. I sold wrapping paper door to door. Um, Instead of going and working a job like my friends. And, you know, it's kind of like you realize you're like, these people are suckers going and working for five bucks an hour, I would go and I would blow leaves and mow lawns like in the fall on the weekend. And I charged $300 because I would go to these really nice neighborhoods and my stepfather, well, I I lived in like a a real blue collar neighborhood and my stepfather would work around the Annapolis area. And he'd say, Hey, you know, these are like, these are clients. You can call my clients because they have big yards. And instead of paying a lawn service, a thousand dollars, they'd pay me like 300 bucks. But 30 years ago, getting paid $300 for two days of work. It's a lot of money. It's like a uh, when, million. Oh, it was just like, you know, I mean, you think about somebody working for five, six, seven, ten 10 bucks an hour. I made 300. I mean, that's, that would be like a month's, a month's paycheck for some yeah, of my friends. No doubt. right? Yeah. And then um, I raced my bike and some weekends I come on with 500 bucks in my pocket from, from winning races. Um, and then I went to college, I sold lofts. So I had, I had some money Russ. Um, I was always kind of like hustling on the side, so to speak, but how did I get the credit was your first question. And the answer was I had my mom co-signed with me on that loan. So, and they so had she a few. She
0: was confident that you could make this thing happen. Like when I went to my mom, I said, Hey mom, I got this brilliant idea. I need a, a, a big screen TV, which was a 32 inch back in those days. It weighed,
2: yeah, it, <laughs> it,
0: it weighed big screen TV. I mean, it's probably 800 pound <laughs> TV, I think, um,
2: was it the Sony? Yeah, exactly. Sony
0: Big tube. Hey, oh, we yeah. got Super Bowl party coming up. Oh, this yeah. thing's gonna be—it's gonna be money for the house. <laughs> and I couldn't get her to sign off on that deal. My roommate did. He was stupid, but <laughs> I, I, I'm grateful that your mom did. So clearly, that that one property led to two properties, and then you get out of college, and now you're you're starting to to make some money in a field of expertise that. Again, you meant we, we said the medical um, device industry. We know that 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 creates opportunity for those who are hard chargers. Which it's obviously you. You've kind of laid out that that's who you are. Talk about how that how that persisted. What what did that lead to next? Yeah.
2: yeah so I had a real I had a real simple plan. Kind of just to, to take take a step back. I said, okay, if I can buy enough properties to have ten thousand dollars a month coming in after my expenses every month, that's that's all I need. Now, the way I thought, I said, okay, if I, if I acquire these properties quickly and then after expenses, I have $10,000 a month before debt service, I just have to pay them off. So I had two and a half, maybe two and a half million dollars worth of properties by the time I was 25. And then I just got to work on paying down those mortgages. So that was, that was kind of the next step. Maybe I was 25. Yeah, I think it was 25, 26. Um, Joey. Um, that's crazy. But, uh, so that was kind of that was kind of the next step. And it's like, all right, next step. So then I was like, okay, I just need, my goal was, all right, go find a job where I could become accredited, make two, $300,000 a year. Um, and I put my head down in that. And so that was kind of my, that was my initial really simple financial independence plan that I came up with, you know, in, in my early 20s.
1: Okay, but so who told you to focus in on paying down the debt service? Or was that just like, okay, as in your your engineer mind thinking, all right, I have this. If I just pay
2: this off, then I've I've solved the equation, so to speak. Yeah, correct. So first off, do I think that's the best way today? No, I don't think that's no. necessarily the best way to do it. <laughs> but um, I read like 250 books on finance, investing, real estate um, when I was finishing college. And in my, I was reading at least a book a week. And the first one was a speed reading book because I was like, all right, I got to learn how to read as fast as possible to to consume this information very rapidly. So I was literally, I was always reading a book like every single week. I just, cause I, I, now you gotta remember this is a guy that was riding his bike 20 some hours a week and then, you know, traveling on the weekends. So now I'm not doing that. I'm like, I'm like some dude that just discovered cocaine and is like, you know, I'm just like, I have all this extra energy because I'm not, I don't, and I have all this time, you know? So, I mean, my girlfriend at the time thought I was just insane. She's just like, how do you, you know, just like, don't ever stop, you know, but I just came off racing my bike and doing all this. I always had a lot of energy. So I thought, okay, it was real simple because if you have a plan to pay down the mortgages, then you can always not do that. You can always leverage them up and do that. But I remember specifically a book called, it was called buy and hold and the guy that wrote the book, you know, he's, I don't think he's around anymore. He's pretty old when he wrote it. Um, but that was his thing. And I was like, okay, that's a pretty, that's a pretty basic strategy. Um, and then I kind of got sidetracked. I got into my career and I was, I was doing well financially. We moved to Asheville, North Carolina from the DC area. Um, we had a couple kids and, you know, I had my head down for about 10 years. And by the time I, I like picked my head up and looked around, I was like, whoa, we're, we're in a lot of a lot different space than we we were when I initially started, for sure.
1: This podcast is amazing, almost too amazing, Russ. There's too many ideas, and I don't know where to get
0: started creating passive income. Well, here's the thing, Joey. I think one of the things you need to consider in that statement is what does it cost you to not know? What does it cost you not to take action? I love the statement that says you don't have to be great to start. You just have to start to be
1: great. If you're struggling on where to start, you have to know what type of investor you are. Know your investor DNA. And if you want to learn more about this, you can join us in our Passport Challenge at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport. Get started today. And so right. what when you say you took your eye off the ball, like you were still working on paying those mortgages off or were those already paid off? And then like, then what did you do next?
2: Yeah. So I, I never fully paid off the mortgages. So I got to, I was about I'm trying to think here on the timeline. Um, my mom had just passed away. This is 10 years ago. It'd be, um, uh, 10 years ago or coming up on the anniversary here. And again, this was another kind of, you know, big momentous point in my life. And it's, it's one of those times and it's, it seems to always be about a year. Like, you know, these, these things happen, I process things. And about a year later I look around, I have two kids, my wife goes back to work. I, I'm running through our, our end of the year financials. And this was the big point, Joey. I, I looked to my wife and we shared an office. We share an office today as well. Although I kicked her out because she, doesn't, she distracts me when I'm home, especially with you guys. So, uh, so I looked at her. I said, Jess, it cost us $11,000 for you to work last year. Now she's an architect. So we send her both our kids to daycare, we pay taxes. And she goes, I only made a, like we only made $11,000 with me working. I said, no, negative 11,000, because after taxes and daycare, we weren't, it, it wasn't, it wasn't financially, you know, sustainable. And I said, well, we gotta do something different. So over the course of that next year, I, I looked at everything. We looked at our investment picture. Um, we'd already started our, our cash value life insurance policies at the time. We'd started those, we we're pumping a lot of money into those. Um, we had, I had started looking into some other alternative investments as well. And then, um, we started, that's when I started and I discovered multifamily real estate, which I call the holy grail in my book. Um, but that's when we, I discovered like, Hey, there's a better way to invest out there. And again, to your point, Joey, I had my head down and I was like, all right, I have a plan that's working just fine. I remember we went through this, the crash, the real estate crash, and we bought our own house during this time. We had two kids. I I moved and took over. A territory in a totally different state, totally different city, um, had a business I was growing and running. So it wasn't, it wasn't like I was just sitting around looking at my investments. You know, we had a lot of other stuff going on during this like five year period. Um, But that's, that was kind of the point where I I took a step back and looked at everything and said, all right, there's a better way to do this. Tons of wisdom in that. That's something actually Joey and I have on
0: our calendar here as we're finishing up 2021 is for us to go through those financials, look at take a step back, right? Even the, the, I think the, sometimes even the faster we start going with everything else in life, that stuff can get haywire. And it's amazing how you can look at your financials and identify something so simple, but you wouldn't have necessarily known it. Like your wife didn't realize that, wow, we're, it's costing more money for me to be at work than not. All right. You you said, uh, you, you started talking about multifamily. Why is multifamily the Holy grail?
2: yeah so all right do we have like another hour and a half i'm just kidding um (laughs) yeah and i'll so uh two two quick so so two things so first off um if you're listening the big thing is do it annually i do it quarterly like look through your financial picture um I, i paid a lot of money to join the mastermind with you guys it's because i want other ideas that challenge my status quo right so i think that's that's two things that if you're listening today set time on your calendar to regularly analyze your financial picture. And number two, have somebody that can help you with that process that's is that's outside of your circle of influence or has an objective opinion. Um, if you want to copy of my book that talks all about the holy grail, nextlevelincome.com, just click on the book link, you put your address in, I'll even send you a copy if you're listening today. Um, so this is why I think multifamily is the holy grail. If you invest in residential real estate and Joey, I know you know, you know, about this because we've talked about um, your rental. Residential real estate, it's a great way to get started. But you know, you you own a few properties, you make a few hundred bucks a property, you own some more. I have a coaching client. He owns like 50 or 60 properties now. Do you know what you say after you own 50, 60, 100 prop residential properties? When can I get rid of these properties? Because every one of those properties is a headache. And You know, if you think like a business person, I talk about my book, you need to figure out how you can scale, how you can systematize, how you can scale. And this is really, really important no matter what you do in life. The reason is if you can systematize and scale something, you have created a repeatable strategy that improves the quality and that is going to improve the results. And that's the way my engineering mind thinks, right? You're continually iterating and figuring these things out. Multifamily. It had a few different things that passive, that um, residential real estate didn't have. One, it was passive. I could invest as a passive investor, fully passive, and have somebody else run the property, oversee the property, property management, um, the whole nine yards. I was like, that's great. I'm working 60, 80, 100 hour weeks here. I don't need something else. I don't need another job. I don't need more headaches and people calling me, telling me what problems they have. Um, Number two, you get cash flow and you get appreciation. Now, really, it's the appreciation, and it's called controlled appreciation. So, if you're listening, if you're a business owner, your business is probably valued on net operating income. If you own a house and your neighbor's house on your left is worth $250 a square foot, and your neighbor's house on your right is worth $350 a square foot, then your house is probably worth a square foot. It's the average of the properties around you. You really don't have a lot of control over that. The market goes up, the market goes down. You can make some improvements, but we all know you you make improvements to a house, it doesn't always increase the value of a house. If we take the income in one of our apartments and we increase the income 50%, all things being equal, we increase the value of that property 50%. That's called forced depreciation. You actually have control over it. I like control. I don't know about if you're listening today, do you like control? Do you like having control over your investments? Like, I really like that. It has great- You, you like control, money. but
0: yet you drive a bicycle uh, around idiots like Joey uh, and big vehicles. What?
2: Yeah, it's- Why do um, I have to be the idiot? That's right. Yeah, I try to, I try to ride on less populated roads these days. Yeah, and I <laughs> I'm do. I'm sorry, yeah, I don't mean I, to distract. I take, I take calculated. Well, no, that's a great point. Everything in life is a calculated risk, right? Although most people don't think about it. Um, as uh, as this whole COVID pandemic has really illustrated, I'll I'll leave that there. But um, <laughs> that's this is this is what happens when people don't understand statistics and don't understand simple math. Um, and this is why this discussion is important. I understood all these concepts, and yet I was making these mistakes by investing in a space that had lower returns than than another space, which is why I moved into multifamily. So the other piece of it is depreciation. So all real estate. Most, most real estate has depreciation. That means you can take a paper loss against your actual gain. So if your property is worth, you have a residential property and the actual is worth $275,000, the IRS says you can depreciate that $10,000 a year over 27.5 years. You can do the same with apartments, but you can actually do what's called a cost segregation analysis and accelerate that depreciation, which means I can keep more cash in my bank account and pay less taxes. Now, I'm not saying you evade taxes, but you pay less, you have to. You get to pay those on the back end, or you can find a strategy that allows you to delay those even further. So when I looked at all these things, that was great. But then the big thing that really hit me was, and I, I talk about this um, right in the middle of my book on page 36 and 37, you actually have a better risk adjusted return with multifamily real estate than any other asset class. Now, there's other great asset classes out there. You know, these, these statistics, statistics will change over time, but if you can increase the return of your portfolio and decrease the risk, Ray Dalio, which a lot of people would consider one of the greatest uh, Wall Street investors of, of all time, um, maybe, maybe, maybe even better than Warren Buffett when it comes to the stock market, he calls that ability to increase return and decrease risk, the holy grail of investing. So I said, you know what? I just found the holy grail of real estate. So that's where it came from. That's where it came from.
0: Well, and ultimately that's where control allows that, what you just said to happen. When you are in control, when you can influence outcomes, you can increase return and you can de- decrease risk. That's the the key to this, right? Well, all right. So let's talk about what that has allowed you to do. So Has your wife now stopped
2: becoming an architect and staying at the house? So that's a great thing. We, I think ultimate freedom is you get to do what you want to do when you want to do it. So I left my W2 role about a year ago and I get to spend time talking to investors, talking to my coaching clients, helping young individuals helping people move that much closer to financial independence, which I know is really important to you guys. Um, my wife, she went to school until she longer than I did. And I have a master's degree to become an architect. She still loves to work. She still loves to create, but she does it on her schedule. So if she wants to take the kids to school, we trade turns every morning, taking the kids to school. She wants to pick them up. If she wants to take a day off, you know, she gets to do that. She probably works about 20 hours a week now, Russ. And that's, that makes her happy. Um, as an architect, she's booked out more than six months in advance right now. So I've told her, I'm like, if you don't want to work, you know, that's, that's your prerogative, but she finds a lot of value in doing that. And the fact that she gets to pick and choose the clients, that she gets to work with and doesn't have to take everything, I think it really allows her to be that much happier. Um, sure. It helps that I get to make her a cocktail at the end of the day now and get to cook her dinner and, you know, help out with the kids. Um, so it, it's that, that, that road goes, goes both ways for sure.
0: Now y- you guys have also recently built a house and you've gotten into a space that Joey now loves, love, which is a short-term rental space as well too, hadn't he?
2: Yeah, so, you know, we were we were talking when we were all together here a couple months ago and uh the question that you guys asked me was, hey, like what's the, you know, what's the best investment that you've kind of come across in the past year or so? And I think everybody was expecting me to say apartments, apartments are the best and and they're fantastic. But it what surprised me was when I bought this property um 8 it was eight years ago we bought this property. I had a plan to, to put an Airbnb on the property. And I thought, eh, we can, you know, I kind of had an idea of, of what we could get for the property on a monthly basis. We now have two Airbnbs on the property here in Asheville. We're just a mile from downtown. And we are bringing in six times what I initially thought we would bring in. Um, and it's been wonderful because not only do we have uh, an income producing asset on our, on our personal property, but we also have a space to share. We just had Thanksgiving here. So I'm able to host our entire family here, um, which is wonderful. You know, I have friends that come in from out of town. Um, they stay here. We don't charge them. They don't have to pay. We always have, we have space unless it's rented for some reason. Um, but man, yeah. So if you're getting started today, I think you absolutely have to check out the short-term rental space. The margins in this space are, are, almost unlike any other space in real estate. Now it's an active business, right? It's more like hospitality versus, you know, being a passive uh, investor, but geez, what a great compliment to something like, you know, being a passive investor in an apartment complex, when you can go out and, you know, make the kind of margins that again, you guys, you guys know you can make in, in the space.
1: Let me ask you this, Chris, have you, uh, I mean, we're kind of going a, a couple different ways on this uh, mm-hmm. podcast, but you talk about multifamily, you just mentioned the short-term rental space. Have you incorporated those two into any of the projects that you've been looking at putting together, or um, are you looking at that in the future? Talk about that.
2: Yeah. So um, uh, on, on that on that point, you said we're going two different directions. I see this as a continuum. So next level income, I talk about you need to make more money, you need to keep more money, and you need to grow your money. And you guys like you guys teach the same stuff, right? Like you have to figure out how to increase your income. I think if you're listening to this podcast, you should have an active strategy and a passive strategy. If you have an active strategy, you should make more than you do with your passive strategy. But at some point, you're going to run out of time. You're not going to want to scale. You're not going to want to do all that. You need a passive strategy that's infinitely scalable. So our short-term rental business is part of our active strategy in real estate. We have an eight-lot development we're working on. We have a seven-unit office building we own downtown. We have two Airbnbs. These are all parts of our active real estate strategy. I'm also a passive investor, an LP investor in 15 different apartments and and um, another five self-storage units as well. So that's 20 different assets that I'm a passive investor in. That now my part of my team runs those, but I'm I'm also a passive investor in those. I can do as many of those. Um, as possible. Now, the question that the second question is like, you know, did I, have I blended those together yet? We're not syndicating. We syndicate our apartment deals, our self-storage deals, um, which you can check out on the invest link on our website, which I think you guys have here on the screen, nextlevelincome.com. But we're not syndicating short-term rentals at this point.
1: Well, Well, Russ may know a guy. You know yeah we're we're off
0: to the races on this, like this is totally yeah. opportunistic, right? So yeah. a couple of things i'm I'm gonna share some links here if you're if you're not watching this on YouTube, you're gonna have to go to or you have to go to the show notes because the the URL for this is way too long, so I won't bore you with what it is. but Chris, you mentioned a couple of things one of of how you're sharing today actually in our passive income mastermind. One the the three key things you look at when you're buying and acquiring a, a multifamily uh, complex, right? And I think you know one of the things that we want to do is equip ourselves as to be better investors, so that we will have higher control, so that ultimately leads to higher returns with lower risk, right? So Absolutely. you need to be a part yeah. of that group. Um, you can uh, go on YouTube or go to your show notes, click on the link for the Passive Income Mastermind to apply to be a part of that. The other thing that you mentioned, you just give me a chance to. Just think through all these things. We we did build out a course that is specific for people who want to get into the STR space that want the to short figure out how did space. they get that first unit. Because I I I you know, interesting question. If you knew what you did what you know now about short term rental, yeah. and you could go back to when you were 21, think about those those five units that you were renting oh, yeah. out.
2: I would have started Airbnb. Screw that! I would have just started Airbnb and <laughs> I if I knew what I, mean, I know I'm now. Like- so I would, I would also started Amazon and uh, <laughs> scooped scoop Jeff Bezos. But yeah, so forget real sure. estate. That's
0: right. Yeah, there's, there's probably a lot of things we could have. I would have bought Bitcoin, right? You know, yeah. just right out of the gate. Uh, I would have found uh, yeah. uh you know, wherever he was and and just giving exactly. him the $5 to get that thing going, right? Uh, <laughs> I, or I would have been the guy that delivered the first pizza to the guy who spent $10,000, 10000 Bitcoin to purchase it.
2: So, I, I, uh, I want to say, Russ, I want to say you'd be the guy that lost his hard drive in the uh, garbage <laughs> and he's and got $216 million <laughs> Can you oh, imagine? Totally. Can you imagine $260 million or whatever that is? Uh, oh my god. I thought so, I threw away my wife's diamond ring one time and I I mean I was sweating like until I found it. I, I mean I was like literally just like dripping sweat, you know? I mean, if I if I realized I threw out a hard drive with 260 million on it. Whew, uh, that, so, that so poor big. guy. Well, <laughs> but um no, but in all seriousness, if I and this is what I tell, look, if you're a young investor, you know, look at a couple things. One, buy a property that you can fix and flip in a couple of years. You can double your money and and tax-free. You can sell that property if it's your personal residence. Up to $250,000 as an individual, $500,000 as a couple, you can take tax-free. If that's not your thing, or if you wanna do more stuff, short-term rentals, the arbitrage space like you guys get into. Where else can you basically start with no money and create an income stream from real estate? Now, you can always partner and there's always ways to do it, but I just, I tell people this almost every single day. I just had a conversation with a new investor. She she called me yesterday. She's interested in investments. And I was like, okay, great. How much money do you have to invest? Almost nothing. I said, okay. I said, well, probably not a good fit for her, you know, for a minimum investment of $50,000 in an apartment, right? So I said, hey, here's some options. You know, actually her sister, Guess what her sister does. She, does fix and flips. I'm like, you should partner with your sister. Number two, look at short-term rentals is what I told her.
1: That's awesome, man. Uh, Chris, I feel like we, we probably need to have a, uh, a second interview coming up soon. Uh, but man, you you're just full of so much wisdom that you share with us. I really appreciate it for those. Uh, we've already shared your link, obviously next level for people want to connect with you there but also you're in the community and you're active and people can uh, DM you in there. Anything else that you want to share with the audience as far as how to connect with you outside of here?
2: Yeah. I mean, nextloveincome.com is my website. It's a great way you can get all of our blog, podcasts, free resources, free book. Um, You know, we try to put as much stuff up there as free. It's a, it's largely a free uh, site on there. Um, If you want to reach out to me directly, yeah. Being, being part of, um, your community, obviously, you guys can DM me or chris at nextlevelincome.com is my email. Man, love it. Thank you, brother. Such a great pleasure. time time with you today. Absolutely. Thank you, gentlemen, for the opportunity. And man, I just absolutely love what you guys are doing um, and, and what you're helping people do out there. Well,
0: take take advantage of all the show notes that we gave you today. Tons of links in there. There's stuff in there that you need to take action on. Uh, do it. Remember, uh, becoming uh, financially free, uh, the work to accomplish it is hard because you got to actually do work. You got to take one step to get the second step. But Chris has laid out an amazing opportunity for you to get access to free resources. Take him up on it at wealth at www.nextlevelincome.com. As always, have a great day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.